Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Daniel Hagen. I'm excited this morning. I'm going to bring, we're going to get into the Word, some teaching, but it's not just going to be a teaching. We're going to give you the, the opportunity, and more importantly, God's going to give you the opportunity and invite you to be active in what is taught this morning. We're, gonna, we're looking for someone that is going to action what is taught this morning. Amen? Glory to God. Feel free to keep drinking. You know, you can do that this morning. Keep, just keep, it's like the bread, the Word, and the Spirit working together. So have a drink, have a bite, enjoy yourself this morning. Church, is, is, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to have joy in church. Amen. And uh, joy is a part of the kingdom. Did you know that? It's funny. We pray and, and we talk about, you know, the, uh, the famous prayer when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. We pray that. Some of us have memorized it. But what does it really look like when the kingdom does come? What is the kingdom? It's peace, it's righteousness, and it's joy. So if we're praying your kingdom come, your will be done and we know the kingdom is peace and joy and righteousness, then we can expect a little bit of joy because we ask for it. And if we ask, he'll give us. Amen? It's okay to have a smile and have some fun in church. Amen? Glory to God. Today, I'm teaching on the subject of lifestyle discipleship. And of course, we're gearing up towards Awakening Australia at the stadium, Marvel Stadium. God's going to cause us to marvel at his goodness. It's no coincidence that it's changed from Etihad to marvel. I think it's awesome. And I know you prophetic people know that this is not a coincidence, that uh, we really will marvel at what God's going to do. And uh, I want to thank you, just to give you a quick update, because I know many of us are really invested in what's happening. And, uh, and of course, we're, bel- we're having to have a lot of faith for finances. God is really stretching and testing uh, particularly myself and Ben, more than we've ever been tested. And uh, it's a re- been a real challenge in this Australian event because we're having to believe for the f- all of the funds before we get into the stadium. And uh, normally in Europe, uh, for example, in Nuremberg, we could pay the, the stadium bill after, like a week after the event, uh, or at least half-half in, in other venues. But Australia is a little bit different uh, with, for the production company, for the stadium itself, so we're actually having to believe uh, God for the finances, and of course, the ticket sales do help, but Christians are last-minute people, and so uh, all, the, and all the bills are rolling in before people are, are registering, but we are getting some amazing people that are donating and really getting behind it, so I want to give you an update. We've, we've, it's the first time we've actually had to ask put it out there that we need money this year. I think Ben said in once in four years we've had to ask in Europe, but this is the first time that God's stretching us and actually we've been, we've been talking really honestly and openly with some key business people that have been helping us and with churches and people that are wanting to support and you guys have been so generous. And, and so I want to tell you that last week we met uh, a major uh, bill deadline of $100,000 for the stadium. So because we've, we've been able to negotiate incremental payments uh, in, in the lead up, and uh, which has been, we're really grateful for that. And then this Monday, we have another 100000 to the stadium. 
and another 117 to the production company. And it looks like we're going to be able to meet that on Monday as well. So let's give Jesus some praise for that. And, and keep us in prayer because we've got another 400 to go after that, all right? So glory to God that Jesus is good and we can do this. So I'm going to be talking about that. We're all excited about it. But I want to bring in uh, something around the vision. I want to talk about this because we, we don't want this to just to be an event. We, we believe it's catalytic. It's not the pinnacle. It's something to help springboard a move of God in this nation. And we're going to see thousands of people. We're believing for 5,000 people converted that, come, that make the decision to come out of darkness and into His light. 5,000 people, they're going to have the seed of the gospel planted in their heart. They're going to respond to the altar calls. They're going to encounter Jesus on the streets as part of the flood. But we want them all to be good ground hearers. And we don't want them just to respond to an altar call. We also know that it's even more important that they not only respond to the altar call, but they also then are discipled. We want to see disciples. Jesus said to go into all the world and make disciples. And so in this season, in this era that we're in, I'm excited because the church is being awakened to the fact and the revelation and the knowledge, the true fact that we're all called to be involved in this discipleship process. It's not just for the pastor. Gone are the days where the pastor has to try and disciple everyone. Man, no wonder there's been so much burnout over the years. Gone are those days. The fivefold ministry, Ephesians 4.11, we've been hitting on that all this year because it's such an important revelation. The fivefold's role is to equip every believer, every saint, to be actively involved in discipling people. Even if you're a brand new Christian in this place, you know more than someone else. So you can be involved in discipling someone. And so the, the topic this morning is lifestyle discipleship. And then we're going to give you an opportunity to activate and to action what we're talking about today. Does that sound all right? So if you've got your pens and paper, I want to give you some real key things and five specific key points that we're going to be looking at today on this subject of lifestyle discipleship. And of course, the podcast should be available online if you want to go back over it, muse over it, meditate on it, and get it in your heart, get it in your spirit, get it in your mind, and say, God, I don't just want to hear another message. I want to be active. I want to action this, uh, this word this morning in Jesus' name. Actively a part of what God's doing. Commit in your heart to a lifestyle of relational discipleship. That's what we're asking people today. Now, Jesus had 12 that he uh, actively relationally discipled. Plus, he taught the multitudes and there were other disciples, but there were the 12 that were really relational that walked with him. Now, I'm not necessarily saying you need to have 12 like that, but we're asking, we're going to take all the pressure off. We're just asking that you pray about one person in your life that, that would be in your life that you would be able to actively help relationally disciple. And it might be just real simple things, just occasional text message, a phone call, inviting them to the local church, uh, answering some questions that they might have around the Bible, even just being with them at the Bible study group. Uh, but we're, we're asking you to think about one person that you can actively disciple, a brand new believer that you can help see born again and then disciple. 
So we're asking you to commit in your heart to a lifestyle of relational discipleship. For many years, we have expected that a pastor, leader, or even a course would disciple every person that becomes a believer. Now, we need pastors, and we need leaders, and we need courses. So I'm not saying that those are bad things, but we can't expect those things to be the only tools used to disciple the masses that are going to be saved. We need all hands on deck. And that's not, it's not a new plan, it's God's plan. So let's thank Him. Let's give Him some praise. And we just need to, uh, we just need to come back and line up with His plan. Not only is, is it impractical to think that those, just those things would, like leaders, pastors and courses would disciple everyone, not only is, it, is this impractical, but it's simply not working. God has an amazing solution to this problem and also an amazing opportunity for us. So I see this as not only a solution, but an exciting opportunity for us as believers. Gone are the days where we think Christianity is coming to church on Sundays, getting inside the four walls. And don't get me wrong, again, I'm not saying that to uh, take away from the importance of those weekly gatherings. They're very important. It's the Lord's Day. And I, it's... Uh, uh, Ash at 9am said, how exciting, and during the 9am service, how exciting, how awesome it is to be here at church on Sunday. We love Sundays. We love church. It's the Lord's Day. They've been doing it in the book of Acts for thousands of years. We've been gathering on a weekly basis, and, and we come together, and we never want to stop that or, uh, or say that it's not important. But it's not the totality of Christianity. And in fact, it's only an hour and a half once a week, but we're called to be the church. Not just go to church, but be the church. Amen? And that's really lifestyle discipleship. It's an opportunity for us. The honor of being a part of someone's journey, someone in your world, the honor of being a part of their journey of knowing Jesus. This will carry no real pressure because you already know the person. So we're asking you to pray, God, who is in my world that I can disciple? Lifestyle discipleship, someone that's already in your world, perhaps, or someone that you know God's tugging at you, or, or there's, there's an unction, there's a sense that you should be in their world, helping them along in this journey of knowing Jesus. So this is the strategy. Once someone close to you receives Jesus, you open your heart to help them along that journey, especially in the first few months. Some, some examples of this can be, and this is where I want you to make a few notes if you can. Number one, actively involve them in your church. So if it's fire church, then actively involve them in this house. If you're just visiting today and you go to another place, we're encouraging, we're sending out this message to every support church. Actively involve them in your local church. Of course, we know the Bible says they that are planted in the house of God will flourish. But we want, to, we want to encourage you not just to see them actively involved in, the ch in church, but you be the one that helps them uh, in that journey. You be, you be the person that helps them in, in lifestyle discipleship. Number two, encourage them into baptism. Uh, in particular, water baptism, but I would also encourage you to uh, disciple them in the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well. Because we know how powerful and important that is. And so teach them about that. We want to see them filled with the Holy Spirit. And of course, water baptism is very, very, very important. When someone is born again, 
one of the first commands, one of the first ways to be obedient to Jesus after being born again is to be water baptized. And so uh, practically what we've done as a church to respond to this strategy of lifestyle discipleship is the following Sunday after the Marvel Stadium, we have uh, purchased our own. Thank you, by the way, for those that have uh, helped fund that. It's not cheap to have our own baptism uh, pool, but we have that now. And that's going to be set up on the Sunday after the 18th. So I think that's the 25th, if I'm not mistaken. So we have a baptism service in response to what's going to happen at the Marvel Stadium. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. I love it. Love baptisms. They're my favorite services. And uh, if you haven't been water baptized or you want to know more about it, then we'd encourage you to talk to someone from our pastoral team, ministry team. And uh, jump on the list to be someone that's going to be water baptized because it's going to be a massive day. It's going to be so fun. Number three, invite them in your community and catch up with them regularly. Number four, encourage them into a deeper life with and through the Word of God. Very important. And number five, teach them to walk like Jesus and share with others. And we believe that God will lead you in how to do this. It's not like we're not trying to put a, a specific method on you. We believe that you're going to be led. Here's just some five key things that will help, some sort of framework. But we believe that God will lead you to be creative. And you'll have a better sense than anyone else for the person that God's led you to help disciple in this process of lifestyle discipleship. Why is this so important? Well, it's not a new thing that we've made up. We, we just go to Matthew 28, 19. I want to encourage you to go there now. Matthew chapter 28, 19. Give me a shout out when you've got it for those with their Bibles. Just say I when you have it. I. All right. We're going to do this here. Now, you shout when we sing. I was talking to one of our interns uh, today, Jess. And by the way, Jess and Chris... Uh, interning, they've come all the way from the Central Coast to help us for the next few months to intern because they, they just want to sacrifice and, and give, give everything they've got for what's happening. But uh, I, I was just saying it's important that we not only cheer when the worship's on or when the Holy Spirit moves, but we cheer when the Bible's taught too. And she said, that's so foreign to me because I was, I, I was brought up in a Baptist church and and, you know, church and her particular church of Christ. And, and you had to be quiet when the, uh, when the teacher was teaching. And uh, I, I say to you that you don't have to be quiet here, okay? And in fact, I like it when there's some sort of response to the teaching. Not, not to be a distraction, but like in just out of your heart, just cheer on what God's saying and what He's doing. Because we've got to honor the Word as much as we do the Spirit. And get excited about the word. And so you're allowed to in this place, okay? You're allowed to cheer on the word. Amen? Because the word's Jesus. So when you're cheering on the word or cheering on the truth, you're cheering on Jesus. Amen? And uh, it's good. It's a sign that you're drawing. Draw it out of the teacher. Draw it out of me today. Draw it out of who's, whoever's teaching. Be hungry for it. Hungry for the word. You might have heard a scripture once, twice, three times. But uh, there's something about that fresh Rima revelation. I've looked at scriptures like 10, 50 times, and then the 51st time I look at it and bang, something, another angle. God speaks to me in another angle or another way. 
And so I want to encourage you to be hungry for the Word and celebrate the Word just as much as we do every other aspect of Christianity. Amen? Amen. All right. I got a little bit distracted there. I don't know why I said that, but it was good. I think it's worth it. Oh, Matthew 28, 19. That's right, because I asked just to give us a shout when you've got it. Yeah, that's better. You know, in the Jewish culture, when they, when they had the scroll, when they were in the, in the synagogues, they would unravel the scroll. They would unravel the Torah, the Old Testament writings. And I promise you, they were not quiet when they did that. They were so excited. They memorized this thing. They loved it. And they shouted with joy and with praise when the, the scroll was being unraveled. And they're about to teach. And often it wasn't like monologue where everyone was quiet. It was in, there was a lot of uh, engagement and there were a lot of questions and even healthy debate around the Scriptures. And so I want to encourage you to be actively involved, going over the podcast, studying it out, asking questions in your small groups and really getting the Word into you. Amen? Amen. So Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So this is not a new thing. Uh, this is something that has been, a, this is really the theme that Jesus hoped we'd all get right from the start or the birth of the early church. In fact, we call this the Great Commission because it was the last great words that he spoke or some of the last great words that he spoke before he ascended to the right hand of the Father and before he released the Holy Spirit, these were his final words. It was so important. He wanted these final words to be in the heart of the disciples. And nothing's changed. It's the simplicity of the gospel, simplicity of discipleship. I'm telling you, this is how we're going to see revival. If we get back to the basics. Amen? So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. Everyone say teaching. To observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he was teaching his disciples to make disciples. Disciples that make disciples, it's the disciple cycle, as Lecrae once said in one of his songs. Disciple cycle, amen? And, uh, and so that's what we want to do. We want everyone to understand that we're all involved and actively involved in discipling. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even at the end of the age. So he's with us in this process of discipleship. He's not, a, not with us in, the, in his flesh form anymore. He's not here and uh, he's not in his uh, human frame anymore, but rather he's now sent his spirit, the Holy Spirit, that's with us, in us, around us. And even long after you've planted that seed in someone's heart, the Holy Spirit's still there because the Holy Spirit's omni present, the Holy Spirit's all-powerful and everywhere. And so that's very encouraging for us. We can be really, really fruitful knowing that God's with us and watering that seed for us as, as we plant it. Did you know the word Christian only features in the KJV, the King James Version, three times and possibly some of the modern-day translations the same? The word Christian only features three times in all the New Testament. And yet that's probably the prime word that we use to describe someone that's a follower of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad word or a wrong term, but in some ways, many people claim to be Christian that aren't. Like you watch, the, uh, you watch, those, you watch a lot of people receive, especially in, in America from what I understand, you know, they might receive an award, a music award, 
um, you know, they're on cocaine and they're partying really hard. And at the same time, they're saying, and I want to thank God. And so that's called hypocrisy. That's, they might claim to be a Christian, but they're not a disciple of Jesus. Are you with me? By the way, it's good to have Pastor Lee, Justina, and our Geelong team here today cheering us on. Glory to God. Fire. Jesus. See, they're, they're hungry. And uh, so it's good to have them. But, you know, there are a lot of people that take on the term Christian but aren't disciples. But did you know the term disciple is used in the King James Version 273 times in the New Testament. Three verses, 273. And in fact, the first time in Acts chapter 11, the first time we see someone being referenced a Christian was in Antioch. And it says the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And so I believe that the true definition of Christian is a wholehearted follower, disciple, of Jesus. Why don't you say to the person next to you, are you a disciple? In the Koinonian Greek or the old school language, the original language that, that the New Testament is in, the word for disciple is mathetis. For those wanting to make notes on this, if you like teaching, you want to look into it further, it's M-A-T-H-E-T-E-S, possibly and probably where we derive the English word mathematics. And uh, it literally means student or pupil or learner. That's what a disciple is. That's, that's the actual definition. And so when someone's teachable, that's often a sign that they're a, a disciple, it's, a, it's the fruit of humility in someone that's teachable. And I believe that all of us, no matter how long we've been in the faith, we need to be teachable, students, pupils of Him. All of us should have someone that we're learning from. And ultimately, Jesus is, uh, he's, he's the ultimate teacher, but He also puts people in our lives on His behalf, His ambassadors to help teach us and disciple us as well. And He's calling you to help Him Teach and disciple someone in your life on his behalf as his ambassador. You don't have to know it all because he does and he'll help you. Don't think you've got to do four years of Bible college before you can disciple someone. I'm not against studying and you should study and it's awesome. Get as many certificates as God's calling you to get, but that doesn't stop you from discipling right now. In fact, the disciples of Jesus were unlearned men. Many people were marvel. They said, these are unlearned men, yet the onlookers could tell that they'd been with Jesus. And so that's probably the biggest criteria of being able to disciple people is being with Jesus, spending time with Him and teaching people to do the same thing in His Word and in His Spirit. Amen? I want to finish with showing you a photo as I was uh, last night, just going through the notes, through the scriptures, just praying through it, meditating on it, uh, I also got a little bit distracted and flicked through Facebook and, and uh, Instagram. Who's done that before? It's hard when, you know, the Bible's on the iPad and then something comes up and it's like, I've got I to switch that off sometimes. But this was a good distraction this time. And uh, I saw this amazing photo. Some of you guys might uh, be familiar and I hope you guys are okay with this. I, I just assumed you would be because you posted it on Facebook. 
So I thought, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, just commend you guys uh, today. And so this was on our Men on Fire Facebook group. And there were quite a few people involved in this too. So uh, I just want to read out what was said. Helping Stuart move his belongings this morning. Uh, we met him a month ago on the Wildfire Outreach. Say, everyone say Wildfire Outreach. You got wildfire in you. Every one of you got wildfire. It's supposed to spread. It's not supposed to stay in you. It's supposed to spread. It's it's an amazing fire, man. It's a beautiful fire. Wildfire outreach. He gave his heart to Jesus on the streets and has grown since then, praise God. Big thanks thanks this morning to Tibor, Kurt, my son Zach for helping with the move. Stu is feeling overwhelmed and the blessing of Jesus' love. Also, thanks to many who contributed towards the fee for removing Stu's things from the storage. So I just think we should uh, thank these guys. Let's give them a round of, a round of applause. And I thought, what a great example, almost like a prophetic example for our family. And a lot of us are already doing what I'm teaching, but what a great example for all of us. This guy was someone, uh, he's a part of our family now that we met on the street. And, uh, and not only did we just lead him to the Lord on the street, but we, got, we want to be a part of his life. And you guys want to be a part of his life. And, and there are people in your world that need you in their life. They don't just need to hear about it, but they need to see it as a lifestyle. And I believe that we're going to see thousands and thousands and thousands of people plugged into local churches, being disciples, lives being transformed, lives being changed. But, and I also believe we're not waiting on God to do this in some ways, but He's waiting on us to say, you know what, I want to be active in this. I want to get back to the simplicity of just loving God, loving people, discipling people, and doing my bit and letting God do the rest. It's doing your best. And pray that it's blessed. And he'll take care of the rest. He's going to do it. He'll take care of the rest. For all the Keith Green fans, you know what I'm talking about there. Keith Green, he had a hold of that big time. Him and his wife, as brand new Christians, like really early on in the piece, they were so radically touched by God. They're like, we want everyone to know about God. And and they would bring um, people, they'd go out into the ghettos, bring people into their home. And then their home would fill up, so they'd rent another home. And then they would have discipleship houses. And then after a few years, like, they had the whole street rented. And, uh, and it was, they, they would all catch up for, Bible, you know, Bible studies and food. And, and then they ended up, it grew so, so quickly that they ended up getting a big farm out in Texas. And uh, sadly, Keith passed away at 28. Um, but he was a great, great musician. I encourage you, if you're looking for like really prophetic, full-on worship music, uh, I, I love it. Like it's not maybe my favorite genre or style, but I listen to it because there's so much anointing and, and uh, the words are just so powerful. Keith Green is a great guy, but he also has a documentary. And you'll be inspired about lifestyle discipleship if you watch that as well. It's called No Compromise. So, action plan. Our team, we had a meeting, and we've had many meetings, but we have all of our European team right now. They're all out in various places 
today in other support churches handing out free tickets. This is a part of our action plan. Apparently, our team handed out 400 tickets last week, uh, free tickets, and the idea of these free tickets is that you would give them to your unsaved family or friend, and, and they ran out really quickly, and a lot of people said, we need more. And so we, we've got another 400 that we're handing out today. I think 200 went to the 9 a.m. service, and we're going to hand out another 200 today. And this is part of the action plan of lifestyle discipleship. We believe that there is such a grace for the saving of souls on this Marvel Stadium event that if you can just get your friend there, even if they think that they're, they're just going to go and check it out because it's a bit different, it's at the Marble Stadium, or they hear about Nick Vujicic and, and the fact that he's got no arms or legs, and they think, well, that's, that's pretty interesting. And then maybe they saw him on Oprah. And even if they just get along to it, I promise you, in that environment, there is such a drawing of his goodness, a drawing of his spirit. I saw it in Latvia. It was the best campaign towards the lost that we've ever had. More people saved, brand new believers, than we've ever seen in the last four years. And I believe the grace is, is increasing and it's not going to stop. The momentum is continuing into Australia. So these tickets that help you get those people into the stadium because I believe that's the place that they're going to hear the gospel, that the presence of God, thousands are going to respond. And we'd encourage you to be there with them at the event. When they respond to the gospel, we encourage you to go with them down the front because it can be pretty daunting in a stadium and encourage them to go down the front. And then after that, be in their life. Bring them back here, if this is your home church, to the next Sunday for the baptism service and help them in that process of lifestyle discipleship. I can't wait to see your auntie or your uncle here maybe next week or your work colleague uh, the following week and discipled and on fire for Jesus, man. And this is going to happen to thousands of churches right across this nation and particularly in this Melbourne region. So if I could ask Jess, Chris to stand up and Lizzie if you can and let's give them a round of applause because they're really helping us a lot. Part of our awakening team here today. But this is part of the action plan of 200 tickets. We have a table set up. So I'd encourage you if you didn't get one to grab one on your way out and be praying. Can I ask a question? Who has already got a ticket and already got someone that they've been praying about that's coming as a result of handing that ticket? Look around. That's awesome. Come on, Jesus. Well, yeah, let's give Jesus some praise for that. We've got two weeks now, or less than two weeks, for you to pray, grab a ticket, ask someone, have courage. Maybe it's someone in the workplace and you're like, this is the opportunity, but you know, you need courage. Maybe you feel a little bit uncomfortable. I'd encourage you to have courage, step out. There's a grace on what's happening right now. You might be very, very pleasantly surprised. Maybe it's someone that you think is so far away from God, but they're on your heart. I'd encourage you to give them a call. Maybe you haven't spoke to them for some time and say, listen, I really felt to give you a call. I've got something for you. There's something very special happening. By the way, just some practical information regarding those tickets. They may indicate on the ticket that it's only for the Friday night and the Saturday night because those two sessions are predominantly geared towards the lost. We're going to be preaching the gospel. We've got Nick Voitich on the Friday night, Todd White on the Saturday night. But once they exchange that ticket, they get a wristband and the wristband will actually get them into every session. 
So you can let them know that as well. So it's advertised towards the Friday and Saturday night, but the wristband will actually give them access to every session. So if they want to be there for all of the sessions, they can be. And make sure they bring the ticket as well. They'll need the ticket to exchange for the wristband as well, okay? Let's all stand to our feet. So pumped. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that we're making history together. Thank you, God. You know, this is trucking towards the largest ecumenical evangelistic gathering since the days of Billy Graham. Many of us have been praying and praying and praying. A whole generation, 50 years has passed, we've been praying and praying and praying, saying, God, will you do that again? God, we want to see the masses saved. God, like the book of Acts, 3,000 saved in a day. Father, not only do we want to hear about it in Africa and other places in Europe, we want it here in our nation, in our city. And I thank you, God. Lord, let us never lose our wonder. Let us never... We're so thankful, my goodness. We're so thankful, God. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. I actually feel to, uh, just to take a minute, I want to ask you just to, right now, I feel God's going to reveal to some people today who they should be praying for and believing that will come to the stadium. I just spoke to, um, I won't say her name because I haven't asked permission, but I just spoke to a lady who said that uh, she was really excited because she's asked her son and his girlfriend to come. And it just turns out that it's her birthday on the Saturday night. And so she's saying, you have to come, it's my birthday. And uh, she's given him the free tickets. And he's just come out of prison. And, uh, and he said, yes, he's going to come. So that's an example of something like that there is a sovereign grace. People are saying yes that may not normally come to a normal church meeting. So I want to encourage you to, to jump in this river of grace that's happening right now. Pray for your friend, your relative, your loved one. Have courage. Give someone a call. So right now, I'm just going to take the next minute. I'm going to ask God to reveal to you who you should be praying for right now. Let's just pray in the Spirit. For those that do, pray in the Spirit just quietly under God right now and let's just believe that God's going to reveal who you should be praying for. Grab a ticket and give it to the person that God puts in your heart right now. And He's going to speak to you. It's not a method. It's just... It's relational. Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Jesus, you're so awesome. Such a time as this. Our family, our unsafe family, friends, work colleagues. We don't, we don't want to try and drag them into some religion. Lord, we want them to encounter your love 
We want them to encounter your goodness. Lord, the same way that we have, that our lives have been transformed and changed. We love them, Lord. We don't want them to go to hell. We don't want them to go to hell, God. Life is so fickle, is so short. Eternity is forever, God. We want them with us in heaven. God, would you stir our hearts? The realization of what this is about. This is not an event. This is real lives being changed forever. Real lives stepping out of darkness, coming out of darkness and into your light. Real lives inheriting eternal life. Real lives inheriting eternal life, God. Jesus, let us see as you see. Let us hear your heartbeat, God. Jesus. Ropo sokotapaye. Raba sokotapaye. Reba sokotaye. Jesus. I believe that this is a prophetic moment that God's showing you people that are open. It might be someone that you didn't expect that he just puts in your heart. It might be in the natural you're thinking, are you sure, God? He's working on them right now. Jesus. Jesus, his love never runs out for them. His love never runs out for us. His love never fails. You know, they have a free will. In God's sovereignty, He's given every single person, every human, a free will. The angels have a free will. And not everyone chooses to live for God. Many reject God. But I believe through prayer, He can seriously influence someone's will. He can reveal them and draw them in such a powerful way through prayer and through His presence and through the outpouring and through us as being His ambassadors. And so that's what we want to pray, that their wills would be seriously influenced in such a way that the grace of God would, would seem so irresistible. They would taste and see the Lord is good. Not dead religion. Dead religion didn't save a fly but the reality of Jesus. God, help us represent you. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au. 